Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here in the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Lots happening in the markets today. And as you may have heard in the early part of today's trade when we were talking uh, with a couple different commodity folks, the comment was not a lot going on in the sense of we're going to start looking at outside markets to influence this trade. And definitely uh, seeing that today with the beat up that's going on in the stock market. The diesel is making new highs, not what we need to hear about in agriculture. But we are getting some decent rains, though it is slowing the planting pace just a bit. Don't worry. They say some definitely warm weather coming our way next week. We'll continue to talk about what's happening with India with their wheat. Are they exporting? Are they not exporting? And why is it overtaking our wheat market like it is? We don't talk enough about South America as of late as dryness continues for them. And Ukraine, they're still hanging out in the background as they try to find unique ways to get their grains shipped out of country. So because of all those topics, we're going to bring in Todd Holtman. Todd is with DTN. And we look at Todd. Let's talk, first of all, talk about the stock market because obviously that's being talked about on the grain and the livestock side. And it's definitely filtering into what we're seeing in our market trade. Yeah, I, I have to say, Susan, uh, and thanks for having me again. Uh, I was scratching my head a little bit yesterday to see the stock market rally so strong off the news that the Fed is raising the interest rate by a half a percent and they're going to be uh, reducing the balance sheet here starting in June. Those normally aren't the types of uh, news items that you would get a higher stock market. But obviously, I think it was a case of that that whole decision was anticipated for so long that the market had a little bit of buying relief when it was finally announced. Well, today's another cold slap in the face and just reminds us that the, the economy has a lot of headwinds here with interest rates, still have concerns about inflation, we're not seeing any backing off in the crude oil price, and that continues to power a lot of the inflation that we're dealing with. Well, it just seemed like the Fed's discussion of yesterday, there was so much hype leading into that 1 o'clock Central Time and then that half-hour later news conference, and it just was like a deflated balloon. I think many had figured what they said is what they were going to do. Yeah, uh, that's right. And the one comment that uh, seemed to get quoted a lot that the market took comfort from was that uh, Fed Chairman Powell is not contemplating an interest rate hike of three quarters of a percent, which, (laughs) so (laughs) I guess if that's the best we can come up with, it was good for a day, but that was about it. What about the new highs that are being made in the diesel market? You know, um, it's tough. This is a very unique time of year. You know, diesel fuel is basically the same fuel as heating oil. And uh, so this is that time of year when many areas still need heating oil because the temperatures have been cool uh, through spring and early summer here. But, of course, uh, we want to get out there planning, and uh, that is going to spark up the the demand for diesel. We also see, I think, more trucks getting back on the road as as, uh, the logistics are trying to iron out and get more goods moving. So you put all those things together, plus the fact that, the overall crude oil situation is still one of tight world supplies, and especially with Europe considering a ban on the imports of Russian oil. And it's it's all good reasons that they're doing that to to try to starve uh, Russia's resources, but it makes a very tough strain on the world fuel situation and and here in the U.S. as well. That just adds to already a, a very thin bottom line for many producers as they see input costs continue to rise. 
Yeah, and that's really been the theme of a lot of this this year. The the war in Ukraine has not helped the fertilizer situation. Uh, when you're talking about input costs, it's not helping the cost of uh, fuel, and it's certainly not helping the logistics mess that we still uh, are dealing with around the world. So in a lot of ways, it's been a real pain uh, in our side. Looking ahead to the next Monday's crop progress report, we really shouldn't expect much of a jump um, because planting has been stalled in so many areas, but it is beneficial rain, and we'll definitely take it in the western Corn Belt. Yeah, and uh, we saw that today on the drought monitor. Uh, we saw some areas of moisture improvement, South Dakota, Nebraska, even parts of Kansas, but not too much farther to the south of that. We still have western Kansas and Texas in extremely dire situations. Uh, things not getting better there. And in the case of Texas, we're probably going to see temperatures in the triple digits, uh, possibly tomorrow or Saturday. So what about the fact that, I mean, obviously we're getting decent rains and we haven't talked a lot about what's been going on in Brazil, but I was reading your article this morning and there's not much rain coming for them in the seven-day forecast. No, and uh, each day that's gone by this week, it's looked drier and drier. So uh, we're, we're looking at a forecast where there is very little rain for all of Brazil uh, and all of Argentina. Uh, so that just is not looking good at all uh, for Brazil's second corn crop, which is their largest corn crop. And we're seeing private estimates of that corn crop come down. So, so you talk about those numbers. What, what type of decrease are they talking about for the second crop? Oh, gosh. Uh, at one point, I believe they were looking at 119 million metric tons. Now we're in the low 100, so like 105, 106. Uh, in some areas. And of course, it's a fluid situation. So uh, those numbers will keep changing. We do have a a new update from uh, USDA due out a week from today on May 12th. Uh, And of course, that'll have a lot of numbers in that report that day that we'll all be interested in. China comes back from holiday today. Does that mean we might see some inklings of some export opportunities? Uh, You know, uh, we did have a weekly export sales report this morning, and guess what? Once again, China was the top buyer of both corn and soybeans, and for both seasons, the old crop and new crop. So they continue to be very active in spite of the headline concerns we're having about uh, hearing about COVID concerns uh, still in China. And as you mentioned, yes, they are back from holiday, but those uh, corn prices are still high. $11.60 a bushel was the translation of this morning's close uh, in China. So they continue to have a good, strong, active interest for both U.S. corn and beans. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we continue here on this Thursday with the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Fontenelle Hybrids has always been about building relationships with our customers. Here's Mark Glow, a dealer from Wood River, Nebraska best part of Fontenelle is the people, but most importantly, working with the customers that we enjoy working with and building relationships. The most rewarding part of being a dealer is seeing our products perform every year with a wide range of farming practices and the ever-changing weather. For more, just go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow Grain Marketing. Link there. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We continue our conversation with Todd Holtman. Todd, of course, is with DTN, and we've been looking at kind of not only locally but globally what's been happening with these crops, Todd. And I wanted to talk because it's definitely over the last couple of days been a lot of discussion about India when it comes to exports and, and are they going to with their wheat? And then they come back and say, we are. Now, it's just 
it's teeter totter that's going on and it's kind of taken hold on our wheat complex. Yeah, early this week there was a, a rumor going about that uh, India possibly was considering restricting their exports. And of course, we've all known about the the recent heat wave for the past several weeks, uh, and uh, that is not going away. So it seemed uh, a very possible rumor. But then later in the day, Reuters came out and uh, quoted uh, an Indian government official that said that the rumor was not true. They were not considering a ban on exports. But even so, the government did come out and reduce their crop estimate for wheat from 111 million metric tons down to 105. Uh, million metric tons. So uh, it's it's still a big crop, 3.86 billion bushels. But when you get to these lower numbers, then there's less surplus available, which many were counting on to help make up for Ukraine's loss this year. So it's just adding a, another uh, level of bullishness to an already tight world supply situation. You you talk about Ukraine, and they have been sitting kind of quiet in the background, and, and I'd understand through some readings that they'd found some alternative routes to be able to move some grain to exports. What are you hearing out of that country at this point? Yeah, well, uh, apparently they have been uh, very clever about sneaking grain out of the western end of the country, and uh, I, I don't want to belittle those efforts, and I, you know, I certainly admire anything they can do in these extremely difficult situations to get grain out, but I have to say that as an analyst, the, the volume, the amount, uh, just is nowhere near the types of uh, volume of grain that they would normally be exporting in a normal year. So, uh, you know, I'm rooting for them. It's admirable but from a market viewpoint. Uh, th- these are not large amounts that are being talked about, and they're, they're still in a very tough situation. And obviously, uh, Russia has nothing but bad intentions for Ukraine. They've uh, bombed railways, uh, bridges in the western end of Ukraine uh, that were being used to uh, uh, try to export grain. Um, uh, The fighting is not just limited in the east and south. They also continue uh, to damage areas in western Ukraine and doing basically anything to cripple the country. So I'm very concerned that Grain storage facilities and and routes of export are still targets uh, on Russia's list, and and, uh, it's a very tough situation. And if they can't get it exported, it looks like from the tweets we've seen in the comments that uh, Russia's just going to take it. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that just lovely? You're just dealing with wonderful people, and uh, there's just no new low when it comes to uh, what Russia's been doing over there. Sorry to say. So with Europe, and, and you talked about this in, in your article this morning, Europe debating a ban on importing Russian oil. What would that mean to us here in the States? Well, uh, I think the, the, the quickest consequence, and this isn't, uh, this is, you know, oil and gas being both related. Right. Um, obviously, it keeps our oil supplies tighter to avoid Russia. Now, we're not a big, in, here in the U.S., we're not a big importer of Russian oil per se, but um, we will try to help in some ways as we can Europe get through this situation. So somehow we're probably going to kind of share the cost and the, and the difficulty of this in one way or another. Uh, and then it, natural gas is the other topic where Europe is even more dependent uh, on Russia. And in that regard, we've been exporting big volumes of LNG uh, gas 
uh, to Europe, and that's really brought our natural gas prices up here at home. So, uh, you know, there's almost no getting around it. There, there are just going to be ways that we're going to share in the cost and the effort of this entire venture. Well, it's, it's hard to believe that we're into the month of May, and normally at this point we're getting pretty excited about seeing some winter wheat tours uh, getting set to get underway. What concerns are you hearing from folks? I mean, there is areas of Kansas getting moisture, but when it comes to winter wheat conditions and, and moving forward with this crop, is there some concerns that are kind of rising to the top? Yeah, well, uh, obviously in the drier areas, Kansas, uh, western Kansas, Texas, even uh areas of Oklahoma that got rain this week, um, it, it's hard to say that they're going to be able to benefit much uh, depending on where the crop is uh, in, de- in development. So th- there's a lot of places that, you know, you hate to say it, but they're, they're almost written off. It's so bad uh, already. And then, um, of course, I think areas of Nebraska are going to rebound better to the, the uh, rain that we've seen this week. We'll We'll have to wait and see how much. Uh, we can sometimes have nine lies, as we often hear, and uh, we're sure rooting for that crop to bounce back. But it had a very, very tough start, and uh, to get to this late in the season and, and be so parched is, is very tough. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Todd. Thank you, Susan. My pleasure, as always. And that has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell, being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.